Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. In this series, we celebrate the way in which God Christmased us 2,000 years ago with Jesus. This series is all about the love of God and our call to spread that love. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You got Christmased. I got Christmased. Now let's spread the love of Christmas to others. Now here's Dr. Kelly with today's message. The incredible words of pastor, preacher, evangelist, Charles Spurgeon, 1854, right? What is Merry Christmas? I mean, what is that? When you just strip it all away, it's God with us. Why, why don't you just repeat that after me? God with us. You said it with me instead of repeating it. But it's all good. You're advanced like that, I can see. So let's just all say it together at all of our campuses. Ready? One, two, three. God with us. That's what Christmas is all about. I want to give a warm welcome to those of you here at Central Campus. I want to give a shout out to our two brand new campuses. They are experiencing their very first Christmas together. I'm talking about Columbia, South Carolina, and North Raleigh, North Carolina. Would you give it up for them? <laughs> Merry Christmas to you guys. Love you. Would you keep it going? Would you give it up for Sanford and Garner? Welcome those folks. Internet campus television crowd. We are unfolding 27, I said 27, worship celebrations uh, for this Christmas season. And uh, we just love you guys at the campuses and pray God's blessing over all of you. So how are you guys doing? Doing good, really? Because Christmas is complicated, you know what I mean? I mean, Christmas is a complicated season. Let me show you exactly what I mean because I'm talking about earthy stuff. I'm not talking about God stuff. I'll get to that in a moment. But I'm talking about just differences between people, right? Make it very, very complicated. Okay, so how many of you, you're real tree people, real Christmas tree people in the house? Real tree, real tree. Show it. Oh, they're proud of it too. How's that working out for y'all? Is it about dead by now? I'm showing my colors, aren't I? Okay, how about, how about fake tree people? Fake tree. Yeah, absolutely can't do the real tree thing. Here's one. How about how many of you are people who you get all your Christmas shopping done throughout the year? I mean, forget the Friday after Thanksgiving. You're done by then. Let me see a show of hands. Now, you should be proud. You should be proud. And you make us sick. But anyway, um, <laughs> you're amazing, dude. You're amazing. How many of you get it all done on like the Friday after Thanksgiving? That's your day. You get it all done? few of you, okay. How many of you, you haven't even started yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the people that need prayer, you know what I'm saying? At all the campuses, campus pastors, at the end of the service, just invite those folks up front and lay hands on them. Um, I mean, Christmas gift giving, right? Gift giving and gift receiving. That's always a little freaky, right? She says, you ask her, what does she want? And she says, nothing. Dudes, you and me for a moment. Woe to the man who falls for that lie. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, reminds me of four guys, four sons, 
four brothers. They, they left home for college and they became very successful. Doctors and lawyers and things like that. One even became a preacher. And they left and they went to school and they prospered. And some years later they were chatting about what they got their beloved mother for Christmas. They were talking about it over dinner. And the first one said, well, I had a big house built for mama. The second said, well, I didn't do that, but I want you to know that I went into that house and I spent $100,000 on a theater in that house. The third said, well, I had a brand new BMW delivered to mama. The fourth one said this, you know how mama loved reading the Bible and he was obviously the preacher one, but she can't read anymore because she can't see very well. So I went out and I found this parrot. And this parrot had been trained by seminary professors and pastors so that whenever mama would say a chapter and a verse in the Bible, the parrot would quote the scripture. Could even quote up to a chapter. And they were all very, very impressed. After the holidays, mama sent out her thank you notes to the kids. She wrote to her first one, Milton, Milton, the house you built is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. <laughs> Thanks anyway. She wrote to her second one, Marvin, Marvin, I am too old to travel. I stay home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never use the BMW. The thought was good, but thanks. To the third, she said, Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby surround sound. It can hold up to 50 people, but all of my friends are dead. <laughs> I've lost my hearing, and I'm nearly blind. I never use it. Thank you for the gesture, just the same. Then she wrote her fourth boy, Dear Miss Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> Thank you, dearest Melvin. Christmas is just complicated. You know what I mean? It's complicated. Throw on top of that, most people in here, unfortunately, have a divorce somewhere in your family, me included, right? And then you go try to see your parents, and you don't have two parents anymore. You have four, right? Right? Then you get married, and it just kind of quadruples, and you got grandparents, and then parents get mad at you, right, for going to somebody else's home on Christmas Eve instead of their home. Then you go on Christmas Day, and they're mad that you didn't go on Christmas. It just gets complicated, right? And one of the things I hope today in my very short time with you, because I realize this is a family-oriented service, right? And we can hear all the children. Who's thankful for the children in the house of the Lord tonight? Yeah, at all of our campuses. Love, love, love our children. But here's the one key message that I hope to unpack with you in my time with you today, and it is this. Of all the things being complicated in and around the Christmas season, the true meaning of Christmas is not complicated. Why don't you just read that out loud with me on the count of three, ready, go. The true meaning of Christmas is not complicated. Again, the true meaning of Christmas is not complicated. And what I would suggest to you 
is that if you ever sense that the Christmas message, listen to me closely, if you ever suggest that Christianity is complicated, I would suggest to you that someone has polluted the message. Because Christmas is not complicated. And some of you are here because it's Christmas. And sometimes pastors, a little, little secret here, sometimes pastors get frustrated with people who only come to church at Christmas and Easter. And I've always been like, why are you getting frustrated with the people? Like, I'm glad you're here. Like, if you haven't been since this time last year, welcome back. <laughs> Seriously, I'm glad you're here. And we're here every Sunday. We'd love to have you. But I'm not going to beat you up about that. I'm glad you're here. And I often have another theory. I believe that sometimes people go to church around Christmas and Easter because when they get there, they're reminded of why they only go once or twice a year. Because it can be so complicated. Churches and pastors can make it so complicated. And so what I want to do today is open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I want to talk to you about the fact that Christmas is not complicated. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. If you love the word of the Lord, say bring it. Bring it. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be, what is it church? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, or your translation probably says Christ. He is Christ the Lord. Now notice at the heart of the Christmas story is good news. When you get good news from somebody, do you find it complicated? Like when someone runs into your house and says, hey, 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 I got good news for you. You normally don't think, oh, what do you want me to do? Do you? Somebody comes in at work. Hey, I got good news for you. You normally don't think, well, this must mean that I'm going to have to do something or it's not going to be very good. No, 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 no. Good news is good news. Amen? Good news is, I don't know, everybody at work got a Christmas bonus. Amen? <laughs> yeah, you like that. Good news is there's a Christmas gift for everybody around the Christmas tree. Amen? Good news is good news. And when you hear someone say, I have good news for you, you normally don't think, well, that's going to be complicated. What do I have to do to earn the good news? Good news is good news. And in the Christmas story, we see that. Let me tell you what good news is not. It's going to be good news for some of you here today. You haven't been to church in a while. Maybe you just wandered in here. Good news is not straighten up and be a good person. It's not. I know you were told that your whole life, right? You rebelled against that. Good news is not straighten up and be a good person. This is going to surprise you for a pastor to say. Good news is not get back in church. It's not. It's not good news. Good news is not even give your life to God. Did you hear me? Good news is not give your life to God. Give your life to God is a response. Hello. It's a response to the good news. Let me tell you about a man by the name of John. You can go and turn over there if you want. John's gospel. We're in Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just flip over a little bit to John's gospel. Let me tell you about an old man by the name of John. John was known as the beloved disciple in the New Testament. 
the beloved one. Early church history lets us know that Jesus loved John. Jesus had a special place in his heart for John. John saw Jesus die. Now let me tell you how close Jesus and John were. Let me tell you what kind of man John was. When Jesus was about to die, Jesus looked at John and said, John, you, the beloved one, take care of my mama. Now, come on, guys. You're going to ask somebody to take care of your mother? You, you're tight with that person. John saw Jesus die. John had dinner with Jesus. Now, fast forward many years, John's getting to be an aged man. He's about to pass. He realizes he had this up-close relationship with Jesus. And so John decided he better write all of this down. And so he wrote books that we have in the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, which was written by John, right? He wrote the book of Revelation. And in John chapter 3, go ahead and turn there, we find the most popular verse of Scripture in all the Bible. Now, some of you are here and you, you, know, you, you don't go to church. You just wandered in here again. We are so honored you have spent today with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Even if you don't go to church, even if you're not even sure you're a Christian, even if you're just trying to understand it, if you watch any kind of sporting events or maybe any other kind of events, Clearly, you've seen somebody somewhere with a neon sign that says what? John 3.16. The most popular verse of Scripture in the entire Bible. And I believe it is the Christmas story in one verse. Not only is it the Christmas story in one verse, it shows us exactly how the message of Christmas is not complicated. John 3. 16, why don't we read the word of the Lord together? Go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not but have eternal life. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you're a note taker, grab your bulletins. There's a place for you to take notes in there. Let's just go to school on this one verse today, and then we're pretty much done. For God so what? God so what? God so loved. Message number one, God loves. God so loved that he did what? God did what people in love do, right? He gave. Not only did he just give you life, hello. Not only did he just give us planet earth, hello. Not only did he just give you breath to breathe today, hello. But God gave what? His one and only son. That, that what? That, that's right. That whoever, by the way, whoever, I looked it up this week in the Greek, it means whoever. <laughs> that whoever you know who whoever is? Come on. You know who whoever is? It's all these young children in here. Amen. It's all the young children at the campuses. It's all the students at the campuses. It's all the adults at the campuses, right? It's the 80-year-old scoundrel who's never darkened the door of a church. 
right? Whoever is what? Whoever. Every one of you fit in that category of whoever. Whoever what? Believes in him shall not what? Now we all know what perish means, right? Perish is not good. If your business perishes, not good, right? Your car, our car just perished today, seriously. Perished, dead. It's not good. Anything perishes is not good. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Now check this out. There's a, there's a key word that I want to camp out on for just a moment. We're going to go deep for a moment, all right? You, you down? We're going deep? We're going deep in Greek, baby. Deep in Greek. We're not going to be there long because I don't believe in making it all complicated, okay? Promise you it won't be any longer than like three to five minutes. Deal? I hope it won't be too painful for you. But John's an old man, and he's writing the Gospel of John, and he's saying, i got to get this down. i got to get this down. And, and he's in the middle of recording this conversation with Nicodemus, between Jesus and Nicodemus. And he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son... That whosoever, now all your translations, and we even put it up on the screen, said, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? And I can see John, I can see John writing, for God so loved the world, yep, God loved, God gave, God gave Jesus, that whosoever, and he's struggling right about now, I mean, he's struggling, that whosoever, and so he writes this word, pistuo. It's, it's the Greek word for believes. Whoever believes. And so, for God so loved the world that he gave, his one and only son, that whosoever pastuo believes. And, and you get the sense that John is struggling here because the word believes, it just doesn't cut it. Believes, I mean, we all, we, we all believe different things, right? Right? We believe this. We believe that we exist. We believe that uh, some people believe in Santa Claus, right? Hello. A lot of kids in the house. I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. But we can believe certain things that are make-believe or fabricated or whatever. And that word pastuo, it's just not enough. And so John is struggling. And he does something fascinating. He puts together two words that we find nowhere else in the Bible up to this point. Nowhere else. It's equivalent to our I-N, believes in, but he uses the epsilon lin, which is the E-N form of the word. And so John says, for God so loved the world. Okay, God loved, God gave, God gave what? His one and only son, that whosoever pastuo in, he adds these two words together, changes the entire meaning, that whosoever, listen to me, church, believes in not just believes exist. Whosoever, a better translation, you might want to write this in the margin of your Bible. Whosoever trusts in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. The best illustration I can give you is this stool right here. I don't know about you, but I believe that stool exists. Anybody else believe that exists? But it's one thing for me to say, I believe this stool exists. It's another thing for me to say, I believe in this stool enough that I'm willing to, watch this, trust myself 
in this stool. Right now, I can say I believe that stool exists, but am I trusting it? What am I trusting? Me, my legs. I can say I believe in that stool, and I'm, uh, am I trusting it? Well, I'm kind of trusting the stool and me, right? For God so loved the world that he gave, that whosoever believes in Jesus, who pastuo in, whosoever is willing to put their entire weight, their lives, their bodies, their minds, their hearts, their sins, everything, trust in him, that man, that woman, that child, that student shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, now one, one more thing and I'm about done. When Jesus says in John 3, shall have eternal life, what do you think of? Come on, what do you think of? Here's what you think of, most of you. Pie in the sky, heaven when I die. That's why some of your translations say everlasting life. But come on, go back to the text. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to just share with you something that you might not be aware of. In the Bible, eternal life, particularly in the Gospels, is not associated with heaven when you die. In fact, John, same old John that we're talking about, John would write about this in John 17. You're in John 3. Just flip over to John 17. John doesn't leave this to any chance understanding, ambiguity, whatever. John clarifies this. He's recalling Jesus continuing to teach. And in John 17, 1 through 3, let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. For Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Come on, church. Father, the hour has glorify your son that your son may glorify. Let's continue. Watch this. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, here it is. Lean in. Get ready. Watch this. Now, this is... This is what? Okay, get ready. It's not, not just pie in the sky, heaven when I die. Now, this is eternal life that they... At all of our campuses, that they what? That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Eternal life. John 10, 10, abundant life. Eternal life. Same concept. It's not something that you get when you die. It is a relational term. Eternal life is when a man or a woman, a child or a student actually understands that if they get to a point where they pastuo in, they believe in, they trust in, they put their entire weight into the everlasting loving arms of God that they can actually know God. You, beloved, can know God. It's a relational Con yes, I believe in heaven when I die. Amen? Yeah, of course. Bible's got all kinds of stuff about eternal life when we die, right? Heaven. 
But this phrase in John's gospel, eternal life, starts here and now. Listen to me. When we come to know God and God knows us. There's an exchange taking place when a man or a woman bows at the Christ child of Christmas and understands that the entire message of Christmas is that God loves you, that God sent his son for you. And if you will put your full weight, your full trust, and believe in him, you can know God and eternal life can start right here and right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's something to clap about right there. It's not only something to clap about. I think it's something to pray about. Let's just pray to the God who knows you and wants to give you eternal life. If you'll ever move from, I just believe God exists. If you'll ever just move from, well, well, I just, I just, you know, whatever. I'll go to church every now and then, a little religion. This ain't religion, beloved. Christianity is relationship with a God who came at Christmas to communicate how much he loves you. So much so that he gave for you. Here it is. Christmas is not complicated. God loved. God gave. We believe. We trust. We get what? Eternal life. Say it with me. God loved. God gave. We believe. Trust in Jesus. We get. We get what? Relationship. With the God. Of the universe. Pray together. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Oh God, we thank you for the uncomplicated message of Christmas. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this day. God, we praise you and we worship you and we bow before you. And we realize, God, that we are with others who... They might not have done that. And so we join life with them, shoulder to shoulder. We join souls with them. And as a community, we thank you for the pure gospel good news message of Christmas. Lord, forgive us for overly complicating the message of Christmas. Lord, help us to understand and receive it. Just as the angels proclaimed it 2,000 years ago as good news.
Sleeping 
stand, let's sing together. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the Christmas is the miracle of Christmas is that everything I would ever need and everything you would ever need was found in that Christ child born in that nativity 2,000 years ago everything that's the miracle of Christmas and if you ever made that exchange. See, the fact that you're here tells me that you probably believe there's a God. And even if you don't, we're so glad you're here. But most everyone here would believe that there's a God. But John was not content in John 3.16 to say, for whosoever believes there's a God. For whosoever believes in, listen to me, puts their entire weight in, believes toward, leans toward, trusts in Jesus, shall not perish, but have eternal life, shall know God. Have you ever made that exchange? I want to let you know that I know of no better time to do so than at Christmas. And, and you can say no. Clearly that's your prerogative, right? God gives you that choice. But I hope more than anything tonight, if anything, what I've done is I've allowed you to see clearly that which you are saying no to. It's good news. It's gospel. It's the greatest news the world has ever known. And I think it's most appropriate 
for one or all of us to say, you know what? I'm going to put my whole trust. I'm not just going to believe that he exists. I'm going to believe in. I'm going to lean toward. I'm going to trust in Jesus. And it might be the first time you make that exchange tonight. Or it might be your 10th. Or it might be your 100th. But I don't know about you, but Christmas rolls around every year. And every year, I'm so moved by the good news of God that I say, God, I'm still in. I still put my entire trust in you and you alone. Why don't we all pray and do that today? Father, your spirit is moving and your people have gathered. God, they are leaning in to you, trusting you, believing in you. And for some of us, God, we've done it so many times before. It's just a rededication. It's just a time for us to say, sign me up, God. Another year I'm in. I do not put my hope and my faith and my trust in anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ, who came 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin Mary, yet also suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose again. We put our hope, we put our trust in that good news. Unpolluted, purely divine gospel good news if that's you today I want to ask you just to raise up your hands some of you just got your hands raised in worship but if you're here today and again all heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you'd say you know what I, that's what I put my faith in that's what I believe in that's what I trust just raise your hand right where you are right now. just lift it up high just lift it up high. It, should, it could be your 20th time or your first. It doesn't matter. And why don't you say a simple prayer like this after me? All of us together, if we're saying, God, we put our faith in you. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the good news. Forgive us for complicating it. We lean in. We believe in. We put our whole lives in you, Jesus. And we thank you for salvation. We thank you for Christmas. We will follow you from this day forward to the best of our ability. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to sing. I know we're supposed to go to a few little announcements in the offering, but we need to sing, don't we? Can, can, we, can we go back to Silent Night? Randy, Wendy, come lead us. Silent Night, holy night, oh. 
and virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly just believe that you exist we put all that we have into you into your everlasting eternal and loving arms we trust you we believe in and we thank you for the pure simple Christmas message we love you we bless you we praise you in Jesus name we pray. Amen. amen. And amen. And amen. Praise the name of the Lord Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.